live from Doug Lacey's tent. It's <laughs> the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan, on location in windy downtown Calgary. It's a canyon. We're, uh, we're live on location, myself, George. Uh, Julian McKenzie in for Maddie Rose. One more day. We've had a lot of fun with Julian. Mm-hmm. And uh, Patty Dumont. Uh, we're at the corner of 9th and 3rd Southwest. We're in Turtle Park. Yeah. And uh, we're on the, the Stampede Parade route. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the calm before the storm. It as, is. <laughs> as uh, Julian and I are Stampede virgins, I feel like this is... Uh, it's going to be quick and awkward. This is <laughs> this is somewhere where it's going to be jam packed in a in a couple hours. Pa- Patrick, you can you can you can yeah. hold our hand through this entire process. Yeah, there's going to be uh, thousands of people down here in a matter of a few minutes. I should say they're already starting to line up here. You have the chairs that have been up since probably like 2 p.m. yesterday. Did yep. you say minutes? It's yeah. 6 a.m.? It's going to get loaded down here because people got to get their spots, right? Yeah. I mean, Ninth Ave is going to close here maybe an hour. And, uh, yeah, it's going to get loaded right in front of us here. Uh, they got barricades. That's where our our special listeners are going to sit. Mm, right. right up front. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Is that what we were giving away tickets for? Yes. See, it's nice to put, like, you know, uh, pictures to the words yeah, sometimes. That's it. It's nice. So all the people who come up with, uh, you know, either funny jokes or not so funny stuff or crude stuff, they'll be right in front of us. Yeah, it's true. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. You you even put it on a tee for me for a segue. All right. that's what a professional you are, Julian McKenzie. Oh, I try. Um, I you're try. such a pro. Um, you too. We're giving away um, tickets to the uh, all 10 days of the uh, Badlands Music Festival, which is awesome. Uh, I, I've lost the sheet with all the acts on it, but there's lots. Uh, Skrillex is among them. Let's bring it up here. Rick Ross and Tyga. Oh, who's playing tonight? Who's playing tonight? Yeah, who's playing tonight? We've got uh, nothing beats when you're looking, stu- uh, uh, looking stuff up. Dom Dalla, Dom Dalla night with Aluna, Small Town DJs, Cole. We are robots and Church of Molly. Do you yeah. want me to talk about Dom Dalla again? Like, I yeah, <laughs> talk about Dom Dalla. <laughs> not to be confused with Dame Dalla. Yes. No, that's right. Dame time. Still not traded. Still not traded. He, he sent it. He sent it. What's that? Wants to go to Miami. I know he does. Yeah, yeah. He sent a cryptic tweet last night. I love uh, Dame Lillard, but we're not going to talk about that because nobody cares about that in this party. But that's fine. <laughs> but that's fine. But we're giving away tickets to the Badlands Music Festival. Not one day you can go. Not two days, Julian. Not three. Not four. Not all ten days you ten can go days. to the Badlands Music Festival. Am I sitting too close to you? Do I need to move a little bit? <laughs> Am I in your personal space? This is the closest we've – like even during ball hockey when we're in those, lo- those locker rooms with all those guys there. Yeah. We, we're not actually this close. Um, I like your musk. Um, I, uh, Thank there's you. There's one thing that I've, – I've, I've had this on this show, and, and Patrick, I don't understand, and you just did it right there. Okay. I try to not Americanize our game and call it a locker room. Because oh. in hockey, it's a dressing room. Right. I hate that locker room has become part of the vernacular when it, when people talk about hockey in Canada. That's it's fair. a dressing room. I never got keys to the locker room. Nope. I got keys to the dressing locker room. Locker room's at a gym. That's, That's right. Locker room in football. Yep. Because there's, there's lockers. Because there are mm-hmm. actual lockers in football. Yeah, yes. there's stalls, stalls. In, in, hockey. The NA, in the hockey and the NHL. Yes. So a lo- there's a, it's a locker room in basketball. Yeah, I've never really thought yeah, of it. It's a clubhouse in baseball. It is. Yes. Yeah. But I've never thought of it that closely until you brought it up now. I'm just used to 
interchanging locker room. And, like, dressing room just always mm. sounded kind of weird to me. I understand you are dressing clothes and putting stuff on and yep. off. But, like, I think of, like, dressing room. Like, I don't know. Like, locker room is just more synonymous with sports with me. Like, dressing room, if anything, I think of, like, theater. Like, I think of people in the back, like, mm. changing clothes to go from one one act to another or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I, 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 that's all about me. I, I like the dressing room. Patrick knows that. Uh, mm-hmm. Very rarely you'll catch me sometimes <laughs> maybe saying locker room, but I, I don't like saying it. But I'll think about Because I, I don't like to Americanize our game. I just don't like to do it. It broke my heart when I heard Wayne Gretzky say oh, locker room. I'm like, oh, Wayne, come that on, That American man. Wayne Gretzky. You're the, you're the great one, man. I know your kids, that's your how wife. You, that's I how get you know, it. That's how we lost his soul, man. Yeah. Come on. Got that trade to L.A. Dressing, it. The dressing room. So anyway. Um. Yeah. Have you ever watched that thirty for thirty? It's the best. It's awesome. the first one. It's, it's a great. The one. first ever thirty for thirty. He's King Ran- King and Ransom. You, and you get all those phone calls about people saying, "Ah, oh, it's her fault. He's leaving and stuff." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They blamed yeah, her. Man. They blamed her. Um. Like I said, we got tickets to all ten days of the Badlands Music Festival. Uh, Julian and I, uh, first time in the Stampede, we're soaking it all in. Uh, we're, we're looking at the sights and the sounds. Uh, Julian and I uh, went to ball hockey last night. We got waxed. We only had seven guys. <laughs> you know what's tough, man? What's that? We didn't even talk about the ball. I knew you were going to do this, first of all. Two, what? Do what? Mention the fact that we got waxed in that game. Well, you know I like to splash around in the pool. Of <laughs> uh, yeah, but You're... also we had another game two nights ago where it was our best effort of the year. Yeah, I didn't even bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> So you you you're, you told me yesterday you are this ball of positivity. You might be sarcastic, you might be, but you're I'm, positive. I, I'm generally, but, a, but you start off on the day with a negative. Yeah. Well, we got waxed last night we playing did. ball hockey. Uh, we got beat like we stole something, and <laughs> we owe tax. Yeah. We, yeah. We we got beat <laughs> gotta up last night. Bu- got to pay the ball hockey tax. It's yeah, true. Uh, yeah, I like that. I feel that. it in my foot right now. <laughs> 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 barely walk. You don't here. have a Liz Frank injury, do you? Oh, not. You don't want to no, do that. No, no. plantar fasciitis. Yeah, no, no. Liz, Fla- Liz Frank is way worse. No, you're done for. It's Liz the Frank. death of your fantasy oh, football team. Yeah, Liz Frank injury. It's, it's like Achilles. Liz Frank. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look, that's look right at Derrick Henry last year. Yeah. Liz Frank injury done. Yep. He came back, but he wasn't the same. Nope. No. And it's such a it's such an easy bone, like one of the bones in the top oh, of your foot. That's it. Yep. And you can't have that explosiveness. So uh, we got crushed last night and. Driving to and from ball hockey, uh, Julian and I definitely noticed uh, the uptick in people uh, wearing their cowboy mm-hmm. gear. Oh, yes. Definitely an uptick. Yep. We started seeing it a little bit on Wednesday a little more, yeah. but yesterday was full out oh, yeah, cowboy yeah. It gear. Was, it's been in the the lo- in the closet for 365 days. Yep. It's been brought out. I saw a guy yesterday in his shirt. Only thing behind it, super wrinkled. I can't stand. Oh, this is a cowboy gosh. shirt. It's got to be nice and Iron and everything wrinkled. You can't even the Wrangler logo is all messed up. It's why. What's the what's the point? Take of some care in your apparel if you're gonna dress like a cowboy. Uh, right. Yeah. Um. Wanted to ask you, uh, Patrick. Yeah. Uh, you're from. Uh, you're born in Winnipeg. Yes. But you you're you're a Calgarian. You grew up in Winnipeg. I've been here, came for here practically yeah. thirty years. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Do you have a bolo? I do not have a bolo tie. Oh. Okay. I do not. I think they're really cool. I think. Well, it's almost like they become like hipsterish and like they've been yeah, part yeah. of that apparel now. They've been like you can they can be part of everyday apparel, like. right? But no, I the bolo tie, they are dope, and you can probably find it. You'll find it, you, the guys that wear them; those are yeah. legit. Those are the ones that go full through. No. They got the buckle. Oh, they're yeah. showing the buckle. Yeah, you got to do. Yeah, 
are you? Do you have a big belt buckle? No, I don't have any. Of this I do not. You don't I, have like a Jerry Glanville no. belt buckle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I do, do not you know who Jerry Glanville is. He's like an old time uh, NFL coach. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, he traded Brett Favre. Yes, he was he's a Falcons head coach. Yes, but he also he also made bets with his players that Brett Favre can throw the football into the top yep. of the stadium. Yep. He would. <laughs> sounds like he goes because old Mississippi never let me down. Yeah, old number four can throw rockets into the top of the stadium. Damn right. Blow his arm for a hundred bucks for his coach. How's Brett Favre so, doing right now? Uh, not good. Not good. <laughs> Mississippi's after him, man. He, he likes money, but we're not going to get into that. So, um, talking about the belt buckle, yes, um. You guys don't remember this, uh, but I do remember. It gets funny how, like, fashion changes over the years. And you're right, bolos are getting a little hipsterish now, especially with Stampede. We're going to see a lot of bolos. There was a style in the early 2000s uh, that people were rocking. And, Julian, you, you might remember this. I don't know. But people, instead of, like, a bolo or a tie... You wore a dress shirt, but it was just like a single jewel at the top of the <laughs> at the top. It's like, so, it's so, like Jerry the King Lawler's. Uh, he always wore those no, high it, neck dress it, shirts. Like you would, no, you would have your dress shirt shirt buttoned up. Yeah, that was, that was close. You would have your dress shirt buttoned up all the way to the top, and yeah. there'd be a little jewel right there. Oh, I don't. Yeah, it was dumb. It'd be like a little black, like octagony, like jewel thing, and th- that's what you would wear with your suit. No tie, no bolo. It'd be like a jewel. So, like, what type of people would wear those? Everybody types? was wearing it. That everybody was a cool thing to, for like two, about a year and a half, two years in the early two thousands. Like, define everybody. Like, is it like Abercrombie and Fitch type of people? Like, they're <laughs> okay. So, uh, I'm glad you mentioned this. I told the story yesterday. Uh, was it yesterday? Everything just melts in. Yes, about my friend in the windshield. Yes. yes. So his cousin, we have a photo of him wearing like a, like an aqua blue <laughs> suit. It's oh terrible. my god! And he has the shirt with the jewel oh, on it. It's the no. worst look ever. I need to. We, do you have photos? I mean, obviously, no, you can't I, do it for radio. No, I, yeah. Well, again, there's no point. But again, uh, at the and the jewel shirt, and, every, and I see bolos. It reminds me of that time, you know. 23 years ago, oh where people used to rock the jewel buttoned up all the way to the top. Man. Do you know how old I was in 2000? Oh, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Julian's younger than I am. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you said 30 years, I was like, really? Yeah. Well, I've been 31 now, so uh, I've been yeah. here for 30, 31 Pat, years. Pat, Patrick's a youthful-looking individual. I was about to say, like, I didn't know you in your 30s already. Uh, I never I never would have got. I never would have yeah. guessed that. Mm. Um, well, so, again, uh, youth isn't all cracked up to be. No. Uh, listen back no. to our 90s sports quiz. Uh, that'll really uh, get you in. Oh, on, boy. Da, 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 da. Yeah, uh, although GVP did trounce uh, Azam and uh, intern Callum. I was respectable oh, on that. He, I wasn't yeah, as bad were, as the others. You were, no, well, you only knew the hockey, though. No, I had some other ones. I had a baseball one, Buster Douglas as well. Okay, all right. Okay. Well, not Maybe terrible. I disrespected you a little too much. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Maybe I did. Maybe I disrespected you too I'm much. I'm always down for trivia, so if, if there's any <laughs> type of 90s sports quiz. 90s sports trivia. <laughs> I'm down um, for that. Um, so, a roundabout way, I still haven't talked about the prize for the Badlands Music Festival. No. No, we are way off time. No, well, that's what I do. It's fine. It's worse. Come on, it's July. It, you, you follow it. What did the Flames do last night? Nothing. Nothing. Like, we're waiting. They re-signed two, uh, their last two RFAs. Yeah, like, we're that waiting. That was announced in the... I said that in the morning. You said that in the morning. I know you did. I go, big Flames news. <laughs> Um, big yeah, watch them take, you know what, we're going to do some news today, 
They want a stampede. We're take away stampede. We're gonna be the news today. Yeah. Could you imagine that? Like you're trying to focus on stampede, and like that's the time you're gonna announce like Michael Backlund traded to Colorado for a fourth round pick. Yeah, that would be no good. No, 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 no. but we have a ton of guests today, and uh, we are giving away uh, tickets to all ten days of the Badlands Music Festival uh, because Julian and I are such stampede virgins. We'd like to hear from you at 960-960, name and location. Mm. Uh, give us a do and a don't for Stampede. 960-960, name and location. And we'll play those at the end of the show. A do and a don't. I think we'll, we might mix some in after Brendan Parker at yeah. 730. Mm. Yeah. So uh, if you give us a best do and a don't, something that Julian and I can really take to heart here for the next week and a bit of Stampede, week and a half. Tell us what a do and a don't is for Stampede. 960-960, name and location. Uh, you will be talking to our uh, intern, Shan, who's back at the at the mothership. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll have a Wimbledon report, which I know everyone is waiting for uh, later on in the show, how Canada did at Wimbledon. Mixed bag. Yesterday, and looking forward to what they're doing today. Mm-hmm. But give us your do and your don't for Julian and I. For Stampede, 960, 960, name and location. And if we pick your fun text, you're going to not one, two, three, four, all ten days mm-hmm. of the Badlands Music Festival, which gets going tonight. Uh, you can hear it. We're on location. Uh, the wind's blowing a little bit on uh, 9th and 3rd uh, Southwest, and we're in Turtle Park. Come say hi if you can, or unless it's cordoned off and then you just can't. Just <laughs> wave like, from a distance. <laughs> like, hey. Nod if you'd like. Uh, do something along those lines. But we got a busy show. It's stacked. We're like, like, just full, full-on show. I think this is our last full hockey show of the, of the yeah. summer. Yeah, I, I would because think Because there's so. nothing to talk about <laughs> starting next week, unless the Flames do something yeah. over the weekend. Yeah, unless... Which is a possibility. Absolutely. Yeah, unless there's something, something percolating there in yeah. the Flames, or even like another trade, like Toronto does some, or somebody else does something big. Yeah. Hockey's going to start waning out till September, it seems. Uh, our man, uh, Frank Saravalli, uh going to join us at 7 o'clock. Um, NHL Daily Faceoff. He's going to join us. Uh, give us any any word. What's he hearing on Elias Lindholm? What's the latest on Noah Hannafin? Maybe we'll ask him about the uh, incident he had on social media yeah, with, with, with uh, John Gibson's agent. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that was that was, uh, that was fun. Yeah, there was a lot of people who, t- who tried to tune in for that. Going on Twitter, seeing the the battle between the reporter and agent. Yeah, until you until you hear from the agent, it's not true. I guess. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Um, again, we'll uh, hear uh, from Frank. We'll get his take on that. That was a fun little exchange. That uh, some people saw on social media. We'll ask Frank about that. Uh, Brandon Parker, Flames TV at seven thirty. The camp's on the go, and you had uh, you had a, you had homework for us yesterday. Oh God, you forgot you, to ask him. No, his, well, his seventeen. <laughs> oh no, I did. I did. I okay, did. Ask. I did. Why don't ask. you give us some context before you tell us? Okay, so uh, yesterday, yeah. I don't know if we have the clip pulled up, but uh, during immediately, the, we need the clip immediately. Immediately, GVP. Uh, during the uh, the morning right report. Now. Yes. Uh, we were we heard from a second round pick for the Flames, Etienne Marin, and Love there it. is a uh, part of his uh, clip that we played where he mentions he had to do a seventeen and a half hour drive from Nashville. And if you listen to the clip, he makes it seem as if he made that drive from Nashville yeah. to Calgary. It's impossible from <laughs> development. <laughs> impossible. I don't know if we have the clip ready. Yeah, a lot of excitement, to be honest. It's been a really great couple of weeks, and like I said, I, I couldn't wait to start, and now I'm here, so I can't complain. Uh, uh, I drove back from Nashville, so a little 17-hour drive, but uh, probably one of the best drives I've ever done, so I can't complain about it. 
no. and then immediately I jumped on. I go, "There's no way. There's it's no only way. Seventeen yeah, no. hours. No, no. So apparently, yeah. what happened? You were at you were at Winsport yesterday yes, during I was. the development camp. Okay. Yes, I was. My so as he ex- tried to explain to me, something essentially happened with his uh, his partner back home. Uh, on the West Island, Montreal, and Valley Field. So, Quebec. Mm. And he made the drive from Nashville to Quebec. Yes. Which I didn't get a chance to, to double-check for myself, but still a little bit more plausible that that would be 17 and a half hours as opposed to Nashville to Calgary being 17 and a half hours. So that's what he was trying to say. Mm-hmm. He was trying to go from All right. Nashville to essentially Montreal here, 17 and a half hours. Okay. Well, at least we got some clarity on that. Yes. Uh, that's a long-ass drive from Nashville to uh, your home province uh, there, Julian. <laughs> but uh, what? Any anything anything catch your attention, catch your eye yesterday because you were down at Winsport? Yeah. So, you know, just trying to watch uh, as much as I can of the first group and a little bit of the second group. Samuel Hansek was in that second one. He was getting some work in, uh, a lot of stuff around the net. But the, that first group. How big is that kid in person? It's fairly big. Uh, it was what six four, I think. Mm-hmm. When, when that was yep. the uh, the uh, the line for him when he got drafted. Uh, Jane Lipinski, uh, also around that same size, his teammate out with the Vancouver Giants. Uh, if you guys ever get get the chance to see him, his shoulders very broad, and mm-hmm. like obviously he's still a, a teenager. And I'm wondering how that'll fill out for him uh, over in the next little while. Tim Marin was also in that first group as well. And, you know, he's trying his best out there to just play defense and obviously show off whatever skill he can. Uh, a few other guys who are less less heralded as well. Uh, a couple other names, I'll, I'll pull them up a little later. But I just, I think in terms of the drills, like, it's kind of hard to just kind of, it's the very first day for all those guys. You can't determine who's a bust already? <laughs> like, that's it. Like, I see a lot of people like, man, like, what's going on? Like, yo, are these guys, is this guy good? Is this, you film some of the drills? It's like, yo, guys, it's like first day? Yeah. Some yeah. Of the, like, for me... Saturday, the three-on-three scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to be, like, the for me, like, the best time, the best way to really see, like, okay, like, what's this person made of? In an actual game situation, mm-hmm. seeing them, especially in a three-on-three situation, which, I mean, if you look back on the Flames from last year, they didn't really practice that all much. So that's really going to be really fun to see guys in the Flames organization actually, you know, do some kind of three-on-three. But, yeah, seeing those young players in that situation, seeing the skill, seeing the size and skill come together that's what this organization says they need in their prospect pool that's going to be at the that's good the best way to see that on display is on saturday at that scrimmage yeah um again how long does the camp go till it goes until saturday okay so i'm um, looking forward to that uh get brendan parker's take yes on what he's seen at the camp he's going to join us flames tv at 7 30 we'll talk to brendan parker about that um eight o'clock uh david pinota uh, from uh, the fourth period, senior writer for fourth period, I'm going to join us. Had a Dan of Ladar tweet yesterday, mm-hmm, and that's did. something we haven't really um, uh, jumped too much into, dove into as much. Just the goaltending situation for next season, because these are champagne problems. I got too much money in my account. There's too many Victoria's Secret models texting me. Like these are just champagne problems if you're the Calgary Flames, because uh, you have three nice options in net. Because it, it's getting to a point where Obviously, Dustin Wolf's a guy who, American Hockey League MVP, two-time goalie of the year. He's, he's nothing left to prove in that league. Time to give the guy at least a chance to be potentially the backup. But when it comes to being a backup, Dan Vladar has done a fantastic job in being a good teammate of the Calgary Flames. 
very capable backup under a very team-friendly deal. And obviously you have uh, the incumbent, the number one, the $6 million goalie, and Jacob Markstrom, who they need to have a bounce-back year. Mm-hmm. And we've even talked about it this week. If Markstrom has an average season last year, this team's in the playoffs. Absolutely. So the goaltending situation's really weird, and we talked to the franchise earlier this week, and even he said that maybe they do go into the season with three netminders, which would be odd for camp, right? Because is there a battle? Like Vladar and Wolf are going to battle it out? Like for the backup role? Is It doesn't really make – here's the thing. If you are going to start the year with Markstrom and Vladar, fine. You have the two goalies that are set. Yep. If you're moving out Vladar and you're going to do Markstrom and Wolf, that is fine. That is set. I'm, I'm waiting for someone to explain to me why having all three goalies would make sense. I think if you're Dustin Wolf, even if you're not in a situation where you're going to be in a, you need to be playing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see him as like a number mm-hmm. three waiting for an opportunity to play when you could, you might as well just leave him in the AHL where he could just play and continue to dominate. You, if, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go, no, ahead. go ahead. Go, you go. I was just going to say, yeah. like, at least if he's backing up Jacob Markstrom. If they're still going to try to give Jacob Markstrom like what fifty something games a year, you can at least put Dustin Wolf in for for that twenty five thirty something games, mm-hmm. and at least he's going to get his playing yep. time that way. And that's even a way to ease him into the NHL life. Like you might as well do that. But like this idea that you're going to have Markstrom, Vladar, and Dustin Wolf, all three goalies, like I, I, like I don't know. I, I I really need someone to explain to me why that is a good idea because I'd I'd much rather see Dustin Wolf at least playing somewhere regularly. Yeah, yeah but like obviously Dustin Wolf needs to play. He's ready. He's capped out of the AHL, we think. But I think also Dan Vladar is a goaltender that's been that has potential still and has shown that he can be a starter in this league down the line as well. So. The Flames, the Flames know that too. The, the Flames, Flames know that they Flames gave him the extension, set, his two-year extension. They gave him the extension, and they see him but as a. Can he? I don't Are you know. Sure? They see him as can a. Du- can Dustin Wolf? That's another question. Okay, I like I I get it, uh, Patrick, and I yeah. agree with you. But I know, like every level that Dustin Wolf has played, he's exceeded yeah. expectations oh, and yeah. dominated in every single level. He has. When when Daryl kind of sort of did and really didn't mm-hmm. give the number one job to Dan Vladar in the season, that's when his play dipped. Like, let's not forget that happened when it was like, okay, uh, Vladar, uh, mm-hmm. Markstrom's struggling. Uh, it's your job until you lose it. That didn't last long. Yeah. Nope. What was it? A, a couple of games, and then all of a sudden he, he, he never he Marston. never ran with the ball with, that was given no. to him. And I don't know if Daryl really gave him the true chance to run with it. But oh, but right. it was but right. it was the, it was an instance where if Vladar was playing well, he was going to stay in the net. That mm-hmm. that. Yes, there that, was an instance where the Calgary Flames yes. had that with Dan Vladar this season. They did. So I, I'm sure I, I'm sure Connie thinks about that too. But again, this isn't a slight on Dan Vladar. Still a young goaltender, more than a capable backup. It's just these are champagne problems for the Calgary Flames right now that you have this much depth and goal. And we saw what the Vegas Golden Knights did with their goaltending. Nobody had Aiden Hill winning a Stanley Cup in net for the Vegas Golden Knights. But that's where we are in today's NHL. You need that goaltending depth. Because you look at some other organizations around the league, oh boy, it gets thin real quick. Mm-hmm. Right? That's actually a pretty good argument for for keeping all three of them around. But my whole thing is just if if you're going to have to keep them all around, at least put Dustin Wolf. Just let him play the AHL minutes. I get that he's dominated that league for the last how many last two years, reigning MVP. I don't. At this point, I'd much rather see him play more games, let him get more seasoning, let him get more time in, as opposed to just having him as a number three. Where, like, in a three goalie tandem situation, how many games does he get? Because Jacob Markstrom's still your number one guy, right. Dan Vladar's your number two guy, and he's going to want games too. 
So where does that leave Dan like, Vladar? How, e- does, how does that affect the allotment of games? Like it's easy to like, okay, eighty-two, you can divide it three ways, blah blah. But it's you have to look at the schedule. Like, okay, where are we tonight? Where are we tomorrow? The, mm-hmm. the East Coast swings. Like injuries will pop up. So yeah, it's good to have three goalies for sure. And well, I mean, like Markstrom, who knows? He's had some problems in the past as well. So yeah, it it's a sticky issue, and it, and it's like the third on this list of like things that the flames need to do and it's well, I think it's a little lower than that lower yeah, yeah. Well, well there's the lindholm situation yeah what do you do with Hampton? i loop the ufas as, as okay. one situation you also okay. need to hire an ahl coach yeah they do which is that. That, that to me that's that's low on the list too yeah you need to hire somebody and again to be your american hockey league coach and that's great which will likely be a great, whl body because that's just where sure. the flames seem to just an easy from, place so, for them yeah. yeah but out of all the uh the and they're not even well maybe issues issues the flames are having the goaltending isn't so much an so, issue yeah, yet. I mean. it's, it's not, not an a, issue yet it's, it no. shouldn't be until camp until you see what dustin wolf and can do in training but camp. what's the worst case scenario you send him back down to the a yeah yeah. And he can go there. He's got no choice. That's what, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. He's, I'm sure he'll be a little unhappy about <laughs> of course. it. But I, I'll, I can double check here, but I believe he's still waiver exempt. So, yeah. they, like, he legit, like, like the Flames <laughs> don't have to put themselves in this they don't, have to rush. they don't want to. This right. is one situation where you probably don't have to rush at all. No. Okay. Um, we got lots to do. Uh, we're on the, you can hear lots of stuff going on in the background. Uh, this is the calm before the Stampede Parade Party Storm. We're at the corner of 9th and 3rd uh, Southwest. We're at Turtle Park. Um, we're, we're live here. Yeah, people sent them the coolers. They got like tailgate. Yeah, people, wow. That's a yeah. There is a big cooler there. A gentleman just unloaded from a minivan. That's getting after. Th- oh, a solo cup on the young lady as well. Yeah. At six thirty in the morning. What's in that solo cup? Let's go. Little Bailey's and coffee potentially. Um. So we're on location here. Uh, we got lots of stuff to do. Uh, the Rose reports starring Patrick Dumas. Uh, is straight ahead. We'll talk to Frank Saravalli at the top of the hour. Brendan Parker from Flames TV. And we're giving tickets away to all 10 days of the Badlands Music Festival. Uh, help Julian and I out on the text line 960-960. Give us a do and a don't for Stampede. 960-960, name and location. Is the big show, Russick and Rose, no Rose, Julian McKenzie, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown tent. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. No Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan Julie McKenzie in for one more day. Yes, sir. And then next week, um, the franchise in all week, Eric Francis. That's going to be really fun to listen to. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I uh, had an idea. I was I was I shared an idea with um, Julian yesterday, Patrick. All right. I think we got to play Stump the Franchise on Ooh. Flames Trivia. That's okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got to see, like, who do you think's better at Flames Trivia, you or the franchise? Franchise. <laughs> you didn't even, like, hesitate. I, oh, I, I mean, I I can go Flames for some bit, but, yeah, Eric, yeah. like, he can, Eric would be the guy. He's been, he's been covering like, the team for over 20 years now, yeah. so. I he, think, <laughs> I think uh, next week we'll, we'll take, like, listener text messages, but we'll have to fact check. The, their question, yeah. and then we'll try to stump the franchise. Yeah, yeah. I think we can do that all week, maybe. That's like, a really st- good idea. Bring back stump the Schwab. Yeah, that was well, that's kind of what yeah, I, exactly. I thought about. Yeah. Like stump the franchise because yeah. uh, Eric's done a great job of covering the Flames for years and years and years. Um, we got a busy show. We're giving away tickets to all ten days, last day of the Badlands Music Festival. Uh, Julian and I, Stampede Virgins, please help us out. Hold our hands through it. Um, give <laughs> Tell us, us it'll be okay. <laughs> 
Tell us we did a great job. Um, give us a do and a don't for Stampede. Nine sixty nine sixty name and location. A do and a don't yeah. for Stampede. Nine sixty nine sixty name and location. Frank Saravalli, NHL Daily Faceoff at the top of the hour. Brendan Parker, Flames TV at seven thirty. We'll talk some trade rumors. David Panyota at eight o'clock. That's always fun. And uh, Adam Stanley's going to join us for the Speargrass Golf Show to wrap up the week. The uh, U.S. Women's Open on the go. Brooke Henderson had a good day. And there's something super weird that I did not know about Brooke Henderson that I learned yesterday. What is it? And I want to get Stanley's uh, take. She doesn't have good eyesight. (laughs) Oh. Her sister has to follow her tee shots. Oh, that's like me. I couldn't see the ball. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, like, I go, is, this, go? is this a condition? Is this just because she needs glass? Like, what is, what does need, he know? What you need uh, your eyesight yeah. to play. Yeah, like, no, you definitely do. And golf's not fun if you can't see the ball fly through the air and where it ends up. Like, that's one of the sports you kind of need yeah. to look uh, in the distance. <laughs> but I want to ask Adam Stanley about that because that's super fun. And did you see that clip of, um, uh, the oh, what is her name, Rose Rojang? Is that the one? Uh, who hit the tee shot on seven. I didn't see the highlight, no. So she hits the uh, practice shot on seven. I think that's her name. I believe it is. She hits the shot at seven, and then the tee flips into her back pocket. Oh, oh what? Yeah, which is impossible. That's, that's an impossible shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, perfect. But like on, like one for one, instead of them spending like probably two weeks on a Completely shot. unintentional. Yeah, it was completely unintentional. All right, but now uh, we, there's there was uh, a doubleheader with the Blue Jays. Yeah. Um, and that's... Uh, I feel this pretty thing. much it. I feel it. No, you're doing a great job. I feel it. Uh, well, Maddie's, uh, you know, stuffing his face with biscotti in Italy. Uh, you've been grinding away here. Uh, it's time for that Rose Report, and it's brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match, and then they'll beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Blue. Matty Rose. No, this is Patrick. Yes, uh, day one of developmental camp in the books for the Calgary Flames. Matt Coronado probably has most eyes on him, I would figure, this week as Calgary figures out what they have in the young forward. Uh, he's had a great, uh, he had a great one-on-one with Patty on Flames Talk. They get into experiences over in Finland at the World Championships. What he thinks of the new regime in town, and uh, really what he's looking to get out of developmental camp. It's great to be out here. I think it's it's great to keep keep. Uh getting around the city and um i love it so far out here but on the ice i think it's it's great skates it's great workouts um it's great to to just be with the staff for a couple weeks here um so i'm just looking to uh like the rest of the summer just keep getting better while i'm here yeah just keep getting better because that's exactly what this week is all about they also got into him working with a new nutrition coach and uh that'll be in the city early to start his training camp regime around the club. Julian, you're at Winsport. What did you make of the young guy? So, for Matthew Coronado, it, how many times have you looked at a development camp roster and you spot a guy who has already played an NHL game, yeah. has already played the World Championships, oh, yeah. and has a very good chance at starting <laughs> the team yeah. on the right wing? And we'll figure out where he's going to slot in at some point. Exactly. But, like, imagine like being like a junior guy, getting invited to the camp, and you see a guy like Matthew Coronado I would imagine you'd be in that position where you're like, hey, man, like, what's it like to have experienced all that? And he did acknowledge when he spoke to, to the media hours before Flamestock that, yeah, he's had a few guys just kind of go up to him and be like, yeah, you know, like just asking for his experience. But oh, yeah. well, the big thing for him, uh, he feels he needs to get his conditioning right and just wants to be in the best shape possible for camp. He's already kind of had this mindset where he's 
He's, it doesn't seem as if he's assumed that he's going to get yeah. himself a spot. He's going to put himself in the best position possible to, to get himself yep. that spot on, on a roster because we know this team wants to infuse mm -hmm. younger talent, mm -hmm. and Matthew Coronado is at the forefront of that. Yep. Uh, you can listen to the full interview with Matt Coronado up on the Flames Talk podcast feed. Flames made a couple re-signings yesterday. We announced them on the on the big show. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was coming to one-year extensions on the RFAs. Matthias Emilio Pettersson and Ben Jones really were solid contributors for the Wranglers. Deals worth 775000 at the NHL level. Uh, some news from the Flames hot stove, perhaps? Mm, friend of the show, David Pignota, uh from the fourth period, reported that the Flames have continued to generate interest in goaltender Dan Vladar and have received some offers for him, but so far Calgary's set on holding him unless they receive an offer that forces their hand. I know Pat mentioned a couple days ago on Flames Talk that the club could could be in a position, if they, it's done right, that they could roll with the three-goalie system. We, we talked about it last last segment here, but you, what's your sense on this Flames goaltending situation? Uh, uh, well, at least out, out of all the issues, the issues... Of all the uh, the situation that the Flames are in right now with Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin and Michael Backlund and Chris Tanev, the list goes on and on and on. Um, this is a good problem to have that you're so deep in net yep. in the within the organization that uh, you have three guys potentially going into the season. There's something I always floated uh, at the end of the year, and Maddie always kind of like he always rolled his eyes and got angry <laughs> at me that I said. I would be okay if you explored a Jacob Markstrom deal if somebody would take on his $6 million to give you more cap flexibility. And he's like, no, no, he's going to be good. He's whatever. Like, everybody, again, I keep hearing that. And, again, I'm positive. I like to be positive. Yes. I'm a positive guy. Positive I'm a George. glass half full. The sun's going to shine. I like to be positive. But all tomorrow. I keep hearing about is, oh, wait, John Humero's going to bounce back here. Uh, now Godry's going to have a bounce back. Jacob Markstrom's going to. What if he doesn't? They're like guarantees i think it's just no, there's no guarantees and what if jacob marstrom struggles out of the gate right away and you're like oof we're paying this guy six million dollars can't give us a save flames have been a yo-yo shot flames have been a yo-yo team for the last decade so i think that probably plays into a little bit of fact oh yeah they'll bounce back because it's like being on right. miss the playoffs make the playoffs sure. miss the playoffs make the playoffs but, but that's why for that's why for six million dollars yeah you know I, mean, I would i i don't hate the idea of trading jacob markstrom if that's all i'm yeah. saying yeah. I, I can understand that but and especially if you're in a rebuild if lindholm leaves yeah. and hannafin's gone <laughs> i would that's definitely something i'd like to explore go with the tandem of ladar and wolfier because mm -hmm. you're already in a rebuild as yeah. it is i just with, with markstrom i mean the nmc is one thing but that salary as well and, and his recent play pretty much since unfortunately that Oilers series, it's been a very up and down time for Jacob Markstrom. And if you're a general manager looking for goaltending help, you're thinking, well, why should I put out all these resources for a guy at that money when Connor Hellebuck is also available and he's getting paid at that con at what around that similar AAV yeah. for one more year, and then you'll figure out the money after that. Yeah. Why not take a chance on a cheaper Dan Vladar, who's much younger, still closer to yep. uh, uh, his 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 ceiling essentially, as opposed to Jacob. Marshall might be closer to the exit of his prime. Yep. Like, why not make that move for a guy who has an AAV of $2.2 for the next two seasons? And I think that makes more fiscal sense. Yeah. And, and I know that, again, training Jacob Markstrom would be a salary dump. You're not getting yes. a first-round pick no. with Jacob no. <clears throat> You'll be a salary dump. Yes. And, but that's something. And at this it, point, that might be just as good as a first-round pick in some in some circles, having that cap space. Again, again, I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying I would consider it. Yeah. Depending on what the what the immediate futures are of Elias Lindholm, well, we know what the immediate future is. Well, not yet, but 
No, Hammond's not going to be here long term. We just don't know what Elias Lindholm's future is going to be. Uh, David will join us at 8 a.m. A couple signings from the NHL yesterday. Well, one extension. Anzi Kopitar, he ain't going anywhere. Signs a two-year extension with the Kings. $7 million AAV. He was the team's leading scorer this last year. Obviously still one of the best at his position, going strong into his age 36 season. I want to ask you guys this yeah. question. Yeah. I, thought, I saw this contract, and I saw it. Yeah, uh, and, and and it made me made me think about something. And I, okay. This is I'm like I'm glad you brought this up because I had this thought yesterday, and then it went away after my crazy three hour nap. <laughs> I uh, at seven million dollars for the next two seasons. Who's going to have a better next two seasons? Elias Lindholm maybe at eight and a half or nine, or Andre Kopitar at seven million. Hmm. And Anze Kopitar still playing at the top of his game. Yeah. <laughs> what is a better contract in the next two years? Elias Lindholm at eight and a half to nine, or Kopitar at seven million? And I get Kopitar took less money. He's the captain. He wants to stay. They gave him. A, he did a bit of a team-friendly deal. Although seven like sheets is still some good cake. He's a Hall of Famer, no question. Yes. But what contract would be better within the next two years? Kopitar at seven million, or Lindholm at eight and a half to nine? Anze, it, 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 I think it's Anze. Anze man. Yeah. you're getting him on a less a lesser yeah. AAV. He's still going to be a top line center for you. I mean, it's funny. We think about center depth and how it's supposed to carry you. Look at the, what the Kings are going to have. They're going to have Kopitar, Dubois, Den- Philip Deneau is also there. Yeah. Uh, Quinton Byfield. I know they were trying to get him on center too, but like he'll probably still play on Kopitar's wing. But he's still got room to grow as well. The Kings are nasty down mm-hmm. the middle. And yeah, you're right, George. Like that's seven mil AAV for Anze Kopitar, yeah. uh, one of the best two way forwards in the game, a Hall of Famer. Still. Stanley Cup champion. Mm-hmm. Still, like, look, Elias Lindholm, I still think he's a really good player at that position. Yeah. I know some people are going to hype up the fact that, man, maybe if you, when you take him off of Matthew Kachuk and, and Johnny Gaudreau's line, he's a completely different player. But, yeah, man, geez, like this, he's still going to be a good player. But, yeah, come on. That next contract, that's, no matter what he signs, it's it's not going to be better than Anze. That's no. why I'm asking the question. Yeah. No. That's fair. Uh, and the Ottawa Senators bulked up their bottom forward group with the addition of Zach McEwen on a three-year $2.325 million deal. Uh, to the baseball, much better weather for the Jays and the White Sox as they closed out the three-game set with two games on Thursday. Game one was 0-0 until we got to the top of the 11th when the Jays small-balled their way to a big lead. George Springer, Bo Bichette, Dalton Varsho, Vlad Guerrero Jr. all singled, scoring four runs. And we love a good bat-around inning as the guy that scored the first run of the inning, Kevin Biggio, came through with the Salter. 1-2. Breaking ball, poked to the left side, past the dive of Berger, off the left field line. Here come the runs. Vladdy is in to score right behind him. Comes Chapman, and it's 6-0 Toronto. Chai Sox will try to get something going in the bottom half, scoring two, but the Jays take the middle game of 3-6-2. They get the series victory. Jose Brios was strong going seven, only allowing one hit, striking out six. In total, the White Sox struck out 12 times in that middle game fun stat courtesy of sportsnet stats the jays are the first team to score their first six runs of the game in a single extra inning since cleveland did it back on may 29th 1976 against the milwaukee wow. brewers uh what would game two bring uh white Sox opting for the opener and jesse Schulten's jays sending yusei kikuchi out there and with the jays up one nothing thanks to Whitmerfield's third home run of the year uh, in the bottom of the third, Kikuchi then runs into some issues as Tim Anderson, who can't hit the broadside of a barn lately, uh, singles. Then Aloy Jimenez, uh, with uh, two men on, takes Kikuchi yard, and that's his 22nd home run allowed before the All-Star break. Ties Dave Steve for the most in Jay's history. Uh, at least he's in good company. Uh, top four now, Matt Chapman puts one into the White Sox bullpen to get within one. Top five now, 
Vlad Jr. singles, ties it up. Then next half inning, Tim Anderson would ground into a double play with no outs. So it would score Sebi Zavala. Chai Sox go back out in front. Top six with Merrifield looking for more. 0-2. That's hit in the air out to deep left field. Does he have enough to get this one out? It is gone! Two-hit Witt doing it with muscle tonight. A two-homer game for Witt Merrifield. Two-hit Witt. Second home run of the night. Ties it. Vladdy's great night would continue as his double in the seventh would score Bo. That's her winning run. Jays sweep away the White Sox with a 5-4 win. They'll begin their final series before the All-Star break tonight in Detroit. Big Puma. Mm-hmm. Dib, dib, dib. On the mound, Alec Ooh. Manoa. Uh, back after stint in the FCL and a game in New Hampshire. Uh, he'll be up against Alex Fado. 440 first pitch. We'll have that for you right here on Sportsnet 960. Uh, lots of value on the Tigers tonight, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm he just saying. Safe. I'm I mean, saying. I mean, I still think it's a little too, a little bit too soon it's for, too for him soon. to come in. But, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Tigers uh, plus 119 at home. Oh. Book that. <laughs> Hell yeah. We know done, and done. done and done. Done and Again, done. Again, and then. Alec Manoa's had one solid start in Double A. Yeah. He was crushed by eighteen and nineteen year olds in the Florida Complex League. <laughs> like all of a sudden, oh, he's fine, he's good, all right. But just quickly back to Barrios. Yeah, talk about a guy who's had an incredible bounce back season. Huge. Yeah. And him Thanks and him. him and Gosman have been the most consistent starters on this team. Although Bassett's been good, but Bassett's been what you thought about what he would be, middle yeah. of the rotation kind of guy. Yep. Gives you some solid innings. Kikuchi's been maybe the surprise of the rotation because he's not mm-hmm. as hopeless as he was last season. But, again, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what Alec Manoa yep. uh, does because, hey, Hunjin Ryu's around the corner mm-hmm. to be potentially part of this rotation. Do they go six-man? Yep. I don't know. Maybe. They might go six-man here. That potentially could be an option for them to save the bullpen a little bit. Yep. But I'm fascinated to see how Alec Manoa pitches tonight. Yeah, it'll be – I think he's. He, I think he wants to prove uh, a gonna lot be so of amped people. Up. This might be more amped up than when he plays the Yankees. That is yep. for sure. Oh, yeah. uh, it's Calgary Stampeders game day there in Winnipeg. Uh, tonight to take on the three and one bombers. Calgary coming in at one and two have not fared well at IG Field in recent memory, having last beat the Bombers on their home turf six years ago to the wow. day, July seventh, twenty seventeen. Wow. Stamps won twenty nine ten, and Jake Mayer knows exactly how much a win in the peg would mean to this group. Yeah, it would mean a lot. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It would mean a lot. Um, that's a it's a hell of a place to play a football game. Um, and, uh, you know, it can give us some good momentum and, uh, you know, be good for our team who, you know, have gone through some things early in the year, adversity, injuries, whatever it may be. Um, that'd be awesome for us. That's a big one tonight for the Stamps. He'll have Reggie Bagleton available, and he'll also have Mark and Michelle, who I think will fill the void left by Malik Henry pretty well. This is Michelle's first game with the Stamps since walking off the field at Commonwealth Stadium back in 2018 as a Grey Cup champion. Kickoff goes at 6.30. Week 5 got underway last night in Regina between the Riders and Alex, and what did I say? Absolute cracker. Edmonton uh, has uh, been an absolute turnstile along the offensive line of late, so new look up front, and they go back to the corn dog. Uh, Elks up uh, three ni- uh, three. No, I was going to say three nil. <laughs> Elks up three nothing. Different kind of different, football. Different football. Elks up three nothing thanks to three rouges. Uh, Mario Elford uh, missed uh, for the Riders had a missed field goal return for a touchdown, but it was called back because of a hold. Riders were able to tie it with an actual field goal. Uh, second half now, another rouge for Edmonton. So I mean, it's not like Love the Riders it. were actually doing anything oh with this field gosh. position that they had got after these missed field goals. Elks would finally get the first touchdown of the night, uh, thanks to a Cornelius goal line plunge. Uh, he's really effective using his feet. That would make it eleven to three. 
insane ending though to this game. As much as I can talk about how bad it was, the ending was actually amazing. Uh, Trevor Harris would engineer the Riders' first scoring drive. Uh, uh, his receiver's coming up big. He'd find uh, Mitchell Pickton for the touchdown to make it 11-9. Two-point convert, good tie ball game. On the kickoff, Brett Lowther, Riders kicker, absolute piss missile. Down the down into the end zone. I didn't know you could say that. I can say that. It's fine. Okay. C.J. Sims shows no urgency. <laughs> C.J. Sims shows no urgency. He ends up getting, like, tackled. In the end zone, Chris I, Jones is like, what are you doing, man? Dude. You got to bring the ball out. I had to watch that. I watched that <laughs> clip before he we went on air. I was laughing for a solid yeah, He minute. was. He was. It's the fact that, like, you, like, I'm wondering, like, why is this guy, like, in the end zone curled in a ball? And you see this dude got pushed. Are you going to knee? You're going to take a knee? No. And, and, yeah, Chris Jones talking to him after, like, you need to get the ball out, you son. Need to, you need to move the ball. Ball out there, son. Um, like, that was funny. Can I just say my favorite, uh, my favorite player in the CFL now, and I have to pick him up on my CFL. Fantasy team yeah. is 36 year old rookie kicker Dean Faithful. Faithful. <laughs> <laughs> man. Uh, a 36 year old rookie. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's a cool story. Yep. Dean Faithful. Yeah, yeah. R- riders go up 12 11 there. Elks with one last chance. Corn Dog finds Mo French with two R's uh, for a 30 yard gain to get the Elks closer to Dean Faithful range. Uh, looked like uh, Corn- Cornelius was past the line of scrimmage. They review it, it would stand. But it wouldn't matter as Cornhole would be picked off by Nick Marshall. Second straight game, uh, he ends it for Sasky. 12-11 the final. Week 5 wraps up tonight, obviously, with uh, Calgary and Winnipeg. Then on Saturday, Red Blacks into Hamilton. And then Montreal heads out to BC on Sunday. Uh, locally, uh, Okotoks Dogs looking for a better fate in Regina as opposed to Moose Jaw where they were swept. Uh, let's see what went down in the Sasky capital. They won! Yeah! Yeah, yeah, they did. Let the bird dog in. 10-4. They'll wrap up their set with the Red Sox tonight at 7 o'clock. They moved to 24-7 and on the year. Uh, this weekend, they head out that southeast of Regina uh, to Weyburn to tangle with the Beavers. The Beavers. The we- the Beavers. The Weyburn Beavers. The Weyburn Beavers. Weyburn okay. Beavers. Hopefully they can whack those Beavers tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> GP, hit it. Fast kicking, low scoring, and ties. You bet. Cavalry FC in action on Saturday as they continue their trek up the table. Uh, they're taking on league leaders Pacific out on Vancouver Island. Looking for three in a row. Uh, that'll be a 7 p.m. kickoff. And also wanted to pass along the Calgary Stampede Rodeo. We'll get underway this afternoon at 1.30 on Sportsnet 1. And night one of the Rangeland Derby will go at 8.30 on Sportsnet 1. Uh, quickly, Intern Channel will fill you out uh, more in with the Wimbledon report later on. But I can tell you that all the Canadians were in action on a rainy mixed day Thursday. They all went they went 2-3. and three. Uh, Dennis Shapovalov and Bianca Andreescu were both winners. Uh, Dennis uh, will now take on British wildcard entry Liam Brody, who upset the fourth seed Casper Rude in a five-set thriller. That will go at around 7.30 today. Uh, Bianca's on court right now, I think. She's taking on the 26th seed. Uh, and Helena Kanalina out of Ukraine. Uh, Milos uh, rounded. He lost his uh, likely his final tour of Wimbledon, three sets to one to the 16th seed Tommy Paul. Leila Annie Fernandez lost to the five seed Caroline Garcia, two sets to one. Tough loss. And uh, yeah, and Rebecca Moreno also fell. Uh, first round is in the books at uh, Pebble Beach for the U.S. Women's Open. Uh, first time the LGP- LPGA 
has held their national championship at the historic course. Round one, cool and wet. Uh, didn't look like a July day in Southern California. Canadian Brooke Henderson shot a 71 to sit at one under. Three back of co-leaders Ziyu Lin and Hayu ha- Hyoju Kim. Uh, Brooke will tee off at 9.50. Uh, we'll talk with Adam Stanley at 8.30 for the Speargrass golf show uh pga's round one is in the books as well they're at the john deere and what an opening round for sweden's jonas blix shot a nine under 62 adam svensson is your top canuck uh he's seven back at two under adam hadwin sits at one under nick taylor is one over and was not a great day for michael gligich he was six over and that is your morning report Terrific stuff, Patrick. Thank and you. The, the Rose Report starring Patrick Tomas brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Straight ahead, Frank Saravalli, NHL Daily Faceoff. Ask him what's the latest on Elias Lindholm. What is he hearing now? Because it's getting lean mm-hmm. for hockey news right now. We're getting into that time of year where it's lean times. And uh, Brendan Parker, Flames TV, will join us. At 7.30, uh, give us the deets on the Calgary Flames development camp, which continues today down at Winsport. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show. We're on location. Russick and Rose, no Rose. McKenzie, Sportsnet 960, the fan.